morning. Philippians was written by Paul the Apostle, and he says at the beginning, I am confident of this, that God began a good work, and he's going to be faithful to complete it until Jesus Christ comes back. That's in verse 6. We're going to look in Philippians chapter 1 in verse 12. Me has actually served to advance the gospel. We have Paul the Apostle in jail. We have Paul the Apostle chained up locked up in prison, and he hasn't done anything wrong. (laughs) He has preached the gospel. And they've got him in chains, and he's in prison, and he writes to the church, and he says, I want you to know that these chains, me in jail, is advancing the gospel. That seems ridiculous. That seems just absolutely ridiculous. How could Paul's chains be advancing the gospel? I want to echo Paul's words. The, The times in my life where I have felt like I am in chains, it's actually advancing the gospel. See, there's two sides. There's good and evil. Simple. There's Satan and God. And there's a straight line down the middle. There's no straddling the line. There is good and there's evil. There is Satan and there's God. And Satan only has one weapon, and that's lies. It's sin. Sin is the weapon of Satan. And Satan says, if I can entangle you up in sin, if I can entangle you up in the sins that you do or the sins that someone does to you, you're, you're going to be powerless. But God says, if you would just listen to the forgiveness that I have to offer, you can be free. Our enemy is not people. Our enemy is not our neighbor, our family. Our enemy is sin. And sometimes sin, it's sin that we do ourselves, and sometimes it's sin that happens to us. And it comes in forms like this. Jealousy. Being overlooked. Divorce. Abortion. Death. Church falls apart. He left. She left. Drugs. Depression. Bitterness. Abuse. Unfair treatment. Chronic sickness. Loneliness, poverty, loss of a job, loss of anything, issues, failure, affairs. Parents leaving, spouses leaving, friends leaving, business partners leaving, shame, eating disorders, being overlooked, underappreciated. These are all dark, ugly, nasty stuff that Satan says will separate you. If I could just get all these things, I could separate them. Maybe it's something you've done or maybe it's something that's been done to you. And then, (laughs) that stinks. I wish I didn't have to read that list. It's not like the dark, dreariest Mother's Day message you've ever started. I was like, God, why? Why would I even say these? And I'm writing them down like, no, I don't like these. (laughs) We don't like these, but they're like the little pinpricks that are in each one of our lives Uh, at different times and in different seasons. And we've all been affected by someone else's sin. We have all been affected by someone else's sin. And we've all been affected by our own sin. We've all been affected. And so we stand on this side with sin hitting us, whether we did it or someone did it to us. And there's this verse in Psalm 23 that says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me besides quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the paths for his name's sake. 
Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And then he says this, you prepare a table for me in the presence of my junk. (laughs) You prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemy. My enemy is sin, and and God says, I'm going to prepare a table for you. A table is where you eat. A table is where you relax. You're not at war at a table. And he says, in the midst of all that, and I don't even want to reference that list again, because one of them hit every single one of us. In the presence of your enemy, sin, I will make a table for you. And at a table, God feeds us the bread of life, living water. In the presence of your enemies, there's a table. Because of what someone's done to you, there's a table. Because of what you've done yourself, there's a table. And what I love is the rest of Psalm 23. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever because someday, church, this table is going to move from this side in the presence of your enemy. And one day a trumpet will sound and this table will get up and it will move to heaven and there will be a marriage supper of the lamb and all of that stuff is going to stay right there. Did you hear that? All of that stuff that's been done to you is going to stay right there. All the stuff you've done is going to stay right there. And there's going to be a feast, a marriage supper of the Lamb that will fill you up forever. This is temporary. This table is temporary. It will fill you up. It will give you everything you need, but it's just a glimmer of what's to come. So whether sin's been done to you or you've done sin, what the important thing is we have to offer it to God. When we offer our stuff to God, He can use it. So here's Paul, man of God, man of God in jail. Why would the man of God be thrown in jail? You would think if he really was a man of God, God would not allow him to go through trouble, right? But the man of God is in jail. And he says, what's happened to me? These chains that have been put on me, not even my fault, are going to be used to advance the gospel, When I was kicked out of Bible college my senior year because I was pregnant, I sat in a car and cried out to God, and God, if I ever needed you, I need you right now. And I confessed my sin. And I said, God, I don't want to be a sinful person. And he made a table for me in the presence of my sin. He forgave me. He washed it away, whiter than snow. And he said to me in that car as I'm crying right down the road from Bible college where I felt like the world had it was over. He said, I'm going to use this. I got so mad. Why would you use this? This is my biggest disappointment. This is my biggest embarrassment. I don't want anyone to ever know about this. And God said, I'm going to use this. Fast forward a good 10 years, and I was the executive director of a pregnancy care center telling women about how God can help them through that very situation. God used my sin, not my obedience. Oh, does that, does that work, Ryan? Can God use our sin? <laughs> Ryan's coming back from Bible college, so this is hard. God can even use our sin. He says, I'm going to work together all things for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Because my sin was offered to God, he could use it. 
If we don't offer our sin to God, he can't use it because we're, we're walking in sin. If you bring that to God, he will make a, a table for you in the presence of your enemy and he's gonna use what other people have done to you and what you've done. Wow. So Paul says that, I'm in chains I'm in jail, but God's going to use this. And the next verse in Philippians, because really we're in Philippians. <laughs> Philippians 12 says, Now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me actually served to advance the gospel. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. And because of my chains, my bad situation... My unfair treatment. Brothers and sisters, have be, other people, other people have become confident because of the hard times I'm going through. They've been confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. Your situation is not isolated. Whether someone sees it today or 10 years from now or 20 years from now, what has happened to you and what you've done offered to the Lord, God can use it and it can make other people confident. I've talked to people on the sideline. Jill, I never told anyone, but I was pregnant before I was married and I've held this secret for so long. They're not free. How can I stand before you and tell you about my sins because I'm free? Because I already know that God forgave me. I hope you would too, but hey, I'm all right. I want to tell you, hey, you're all right. If you offer that thing to God, if you keep holding on to it, he can't use it. But if you give it to him, no matter how ugly, no matter how twisted up, he can take it, untwist it, and use it. So whatever has happened, offer it to God and he can use it. There is nothing as strong as the blood of Jesus Christ. So no matter what it is from your past, there's nothing as strong as the blood of Jesus Christ. And everything is useful. Everything. You know, John's dad passed away when he was a young kid. This was something that happened to him. When I talk about our pregnancy before we were married, that was something that I did. Now, here's something that happened to John. This wasn't his fault. And his dad passed away. And how is this useful to God? That took a long time to figure out. Some of ours are not going to be figured out this side of heaven. Some of it is going to be, oh yeah, when we're sitting at the marriage supper of the Lamb. Oh, that's why. I don't have answers. God has those answers. He has those because I trust that he knows what he's doing. I trust the God that hung the stars that he knows what he's doing and why things happen. So John's dad passes away when he's 12. I don't know why this had to happen, God. I don't understand. This wasn't John's fault. Fast forward all, I don't know how many years later, and there's a young boy in our youth group whose mom suddenly passes away. And that's when we got to adopt uh, TJ Rosa into our family. And TJ Rosa has changed our lives more than we've changed his. And so from the time he was 16 all the way through now, he visited last weekend, he's part of our family. But John could empathize with someone who had lost a parent in a way that I couldn't, 
in a way that nobody else could. And he stood alongside of him and walked him through the deepest pain of his life. And when TJ first lived with us, uh, we were youth pastors, so he had to go to church, but he would sit in the back with his arms crossed and he wanted nothing to do with God. He was done because God had let him down. God had let his mother die. And so he wanted nothing to do with this God thing anymore, but he unfortunately lived with pastors and had no choice. So he had to come. So we sit in the back, sit in the back, and there was one youth group service. We were all done. We were back playing foosball, eating our snacks. And I see TJ, the music's on, and I see TJ worshiping at the front. And for over an hour, he just stood in the presence of the Lord, and God transformed his heart. TJ Rosa serving as a youth pastor in Albany right now because John's dad died. John allowed God to use that. He didn't give up. I don't know what it is in your life, but God can use it. Every bit of it. Every bit of it. And Paul says, you know, these chains that I'm wearing, I didn't bring them on myself, but God's going to use it. He had the right perspective that God could use even this. Let's go in Philippians 1. Let's jump over to verse uh, 19. What's happened to me in the past, God can use, offered to God. Yes, I will continue to rejoice, for I know that it is through your prayers and God's provision of the Spirit of Jesus Christ What has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. I know through your prayers and the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ that this will turn out for my deliverance. No matter what happens today, we can rejoice because we know that whether it's good or whether it's bad, through the prayers of people around us and through the Holy Spirit within us. When they talk about the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, the Spirit of Jesus Christ is the Holy Spirit, which Jesus promises. He ascended into heaven. He says, I'm leaving, but I'm sending another comforter who's going to come and he's going to lead you in all truth. There's the Spirit of the living God that lives within you at salvation that can guide you through your every single day. And so in our today, we can rejoice. In our today, we can know that whether... Your tire blows on your way to church, Chip, (laughs) or whether you come up to a medical problem, no matter what situation, mountain you face, I have the spirit of the living God inside of me. I have the spirit of the living God inside of me. And if I'll take a moment, I'll take a day to get away and to listen to God, to listen to his spirit then I can rejoice. When, when hard times come, I don't, I'm sure when Chip's tire blew, he wasn't, praise the Lord, tire is gone. Chloe, we're going to be on the side of the road. No. But he knew the spirit of God, that things were going to be okay. That's a small example. But in our lives, when we face these things, we can rejoice after we've spent time with God. Pass your problem through Jesus, through his spirit, And you'll be at a place of rejoicing. God, this doesn't look good. This looks impossible, but I know you. But I know you. We can't figure it out. That's the problem. We can't figure it out. We try to guess, oh, how is God going to provide for me? How is this going to work? How am I ever going to be delivered? How is this really going to work out for my salvation? We can't figure it out. We have to wait and we can rejoice when we spend time with God because then we can trust in him. But our today has to be offered to God the same way our past has to be offered to God. What's happening now has to be offered to God. 
My today, God, belongs to you, whatever may come. And if we start to look at it through the eyes of the Spirit, then whatever happens, we're looking for God opportunities. If you have time after to talk to my dad, he'll tell you plenty of plowing stories. He started a plow business this winter, and all these different things just kept happening. Like he would get stuck somewhere, and he got stuck, so he happened to talk to the guy who needed encouragement. If you listen to the Spirit, oh my goodness, who knows what today is going to bring? You can rejoice in your trial because somebody might come into Val's shop or someone might knock on your door or someone might come along. If you're listening to the Spirit, you can rejoice in those interruptions. Jesus was interrupted time and time and time again. Let the little children come to me. Yes, I'll answer that question. Sure, bring the lady over. He listened to the Spirit, and so can we. So in our today, we can rejoice. Okay, I feel like this is happening to me, but God, I know that you can work this out. Right? If we listen to the Spirit of God, and Paul knew that. So he said, I'm rejoicing in chains because I know my today is taken care of by God. And in verse 20, he says, I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed, but will have, listen to these words, sufficient courage, so that now, as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or death. I have sufficient courage for today. Paul's in jail, and he has sufficient courage. You know, if I were Paul, if you look back in Acts chapter 16, Paul was also jailed at another time. He and Peter were in jail, and they're in jail, and this is really interesting. In Acts chapter 16, God miraculously releases him from jail, and that was the plan and the purpose of God. Praise the Lord. And now he's in jail again, and the plan and the purpose of the Lord is not to release him. Our lives can't compare to the person next to us. I heard at a Bible study recently, there were three blind guys talking. (laughs) And the one blind guy says, I got to tell you how Jesus heals blindness. He takes some mud, he spits on it, he puts it on your eyes, and then you're you're no longer blind. And the next guy goes, that's not true because Jesus healed me. And when he healed me, he prayed for me. And I saw things, but they were like trees. So he had to pray for me again. And then I could see that's how Jesus heals. And the third blind guy says, no, 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 no. See, Jesus prayed for me, and I was instantly healed. Those are all stories from the Bible, accounts from the Bible. Which one is right? All of them. (laughs) Jesus took the chains off Paul one time, but the next time he didn't. Is God still God? Is God still powerful? Absolutely. The almighty God died on a cross. He could have come off. It doesn't mean that God's not powerful. It means that God has a plan and a purpose. And the plan and the purpose for Paul being in jail and when he's writing to the Philippians is so we could write the New Testament. Whoa, okay, I couldn't figure that one out. Only God figures out your plan. So if we look back at Acts, Acts 16, where, where uh, Paul's in jail earlier, it says, Acts 16, 25. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. At midnight in jail. This makes for either a good joke or a good story. We were in in jail about midnight. (laughs) Here's the part I want you to catch. And other prisoners were listening to them. Church, other prisoners are listening to you. Let me say that again. Other prisoners are watching you. They're listening to your lives. Other prisoners are sitting over on this side and they're not being fed. Other prisoners are over there in the midst of that ugly list I just read and they have no food. 
Our life has to be an example. Why in the world is Bonnie at peace when all this is going on? How can she be joyful? Well, she's being fed the spirit of the living God. And then all your enemies are going to see. And this is the other prisoners. Who were the other prisoners? The good guys? No. The other prisoners were the other bad guys. The other bad guys saw them singing. So suddenly... There was a, such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prisons were, prison was shaken. All at once, the prison doors flew open. Everyone's chains came loose, and they got free. What? Okay, that might happen in your life. Or you may be like Paul in Philippians and keep your chains on for a purpose. It's all for a purpose. And if we can, t- if we can trust this God that hung the stars, then we can trust that this season is for a purpose. And though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we're not going to be afraid because God's with us. What has happened, offered to God, is good. What is happening when offered to God is good. Paul goes on to say, I don't even care if I live or if I die. As long as I'm with Christ, it's good. And if we can take that same confidence, who knows the next time Judy gets called off to work here, there, ever, who knows what happens with this situation, that situation. But I'm confident that Jesus is here with me and walking me through it. And maybe our feelings don't catch up to our knowledge. Sometimes we don't feel happy. Sometimes we don't feel good, but we trust. We have hope as an anchor for our soul. An anchor doesn't move. We have this anchor for our soul, knowing that one day we cross over into glory, knowing that when we offer this to God, he's gonna take my mess and turn it around to something beautiful. I can't do it. Stop trying to do God's work. Only by the Spirit of God does he reveal to you, it's okay that you're in chains. Or he reveals to you, wait a minute, I'm going to have an earthquake. You have to listen to the Spirit of God. And how do we do that? By reading the Bible. How do we do that? By quietly listening, God, do you have anything to speak to me? Because the Spirit of the living God is inside every one of us. It is not just inside me. Praise the Lord, it's not just inside me. It's inside Jim, and it's inside Gloria. It's inside of us. If we would listen to what God would have to say to us. So whatever, is, whatever has happened, offered to God, Jesus is enough. Whatever is happening, offered to God, Jesus is enough. We can have sufficient courage. And then lastly, in verse 27, he says this. Whatever happens... Whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Many times we take what's happening to us as an excuse to act crazy. (laughs) At least I have in the past. Well, it's not my fault. It's his fault. And because he did this, I get to do this. Or because this person was mean to me, I get to. Or because this person cheated. Or Whatever happens to you, make sure you... Don't make sure your spouse, make sure you, don't make sure your friend, make sure you are acting in a way that is worthy of the gospel. Are you acting in a way worthy of the gospel? Maybe nobody in your family remembered it was Mother's Day and you got no flowers, cards, or anything. Act worthy of the gospel. When you spend a little time with Jesus in that unfair situation, it would seem very fair. 
to have a tiara presented to me today, but (laughs) it seems very fair. But if your expectations are not met, how do you act in a manner worthy of of the gospel in a bad situation? You have to spend time with Jesus. You can't try harder. When you get before God, God, I am super disappointed. Do you see my husband? Do you see my kids? Do you see this one didn't remember and that one didn't? And then God might just spin it all around and say, look at the gifts I've given you. Go out there and hug their little necks. Go out there and be happy that you you get to see them today. Go out there and be happy because you have them. Only by the Spirit of God does it turn around. Do you see? Do you see how that would apply to any situation? You can take it as, this is unfair. You could take it as, okay, God, how can I act in a manner worthy of the gospel? Because we all have that ability to come before God and to let him change us. There's a quote, and if you want to put the quote up there, God never wastes our time, though we may waste it, by not sensing God's purpose for our lives at the moment. Nothing is wasted. if we change our perspective and start listening to Jesus. The process is part of the promise. Do you hear that? The process to get to the end goal is part of the promise. So maybe God's promised you something, but there's a whole process you have to walk through to get there. That's part of the promise. And when James says, count it all joy when you face trials of many kinds, I get really mad at him. But at the same time, I realize that the process is part of the promise. Getting more godly, closer to Jesus, righteous, holy, part of that process is going through things that are going to really hurt, going through things that may seem unfair, may seem like chains. If I want to be righteous, I have to walk through the valley of the shadow of death and fear no evil. Now, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me actually served to advance the gospel. And I'll continue to rejoice, for I know that through your prayers and the provision of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, whatever happens to me will turn out for my deliverance. And whatever happens, I'll conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel. Whatever has happened, whatever is happening, whatever will happen, I'm going to trust Jesus. I can't figure it out. Only he can figure it out. I have a couple questions to ask you. If you could put that slide up at the very end. Am I carrying the weight of what has happened to me or what I have done? If I am still carrying the weight of years ago, of yesterday, or even 10 minutes ago, I'm not free to really serve the Lord. Child of God, you are meant to be 100% free free of all shame, free of all guilt, free, 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 free. And so whatever has happened to you, if you've never offered that to the Lord and said, God, this happened, I don't know if it was yesterday or 10 years ago, but I'm offering it to you to use. I'm offering this ugly thing to you. You know, there's a a Japanese art form where they take broken pottery and they put it back together and they infuse gold in all the broken cracks and it becomes even more valuable than it once was. It's really beautiful. That's what Jesus does with our lives. He makes our broken pieces even more valuable if they're offered to God. Some of the best drug counselors have been drug addicts. Some of the best 
pregnancy care center volunteers have had abortions. I don't know what you've been through, but I know God can use it in small ways and in really, really big ways. But first, it has to be offered to God. If you're still carrying the weight of yesterday, you're not free to serve God today. You may find temporary joy, but those things have to be let down at the cross. Cast all your cares on him. He'll forgive your sins. I promise. I'm a living testament to God forgiving sins. Time and time and time again. Forgiveness, forgiveness, forgiveness. And he washes us whiter than snow. He doesn't remember our sins. He casts them as far as the east is to the west. You can't measure that distance. He doesn't remember them. If you would just offer your sadness, offer your darkest moment to God, take that weight off. And then on the other side of that, what somebody has done to you. Unfair things have happened to every single one of us. Unfair treatment has happened to all of us. But if we offer that to God and you say, God, you see me. I am your daughter. You see how this thing has happened to me. I'm offering it to you. There's 100% freedom found at the foot of the cross. The way has already been made. That's a big, heavy thing. But Jesus says, I'm going to feed you right there. I'm going to replace when you offer that hard thing to me, I'm going to replace it with the bread of life, which is Jesus Christ. I'm going to feed you what you need and sustain you and, and overflow you with living water. Living water, you know, he was offering living water. You know that lady. She had five husbands and the one she was living with wasn't even her husband. She was a woman and she was the wrong uh, gender. She was the wrong race. Jesus was not supposed to talk to Samaritans. They were the worst of the worst. And Jesus says, I'm going to give you living water. There's no sin too big. There's no situation too big. It's too big when we carry it by ourselves, though. It's too big for us to shoulder. It's too ugly and it's too unfair and it's too ugly. Just too bad. I don't even want to read that list again. It's too much. But Jesus says, offer it to me. Next, am I rejoicing in Jesus? Well, today is happening. Paul in jail is rejoicing. Are you in your situation? If you feel like you're in jail today, are you rejoicing? Because you know that God will give you sufficient courage. It's unfortunate because we're without excuse. It would be a lot easier to list all the things that have happened to us as an excuse. All the things that are happening to us as an excuse. But Jesus says, uh-uh, no, I made a way for you. And lastly, do I fully trust and have anchored hope in Jesus for whatever will happen? This helps us with anxiety. This helps us with uh, trying to figure out the future. Do I fully trust and have anchored hope in what Jesus is going to do? John, is it possible to have some music or to have you come, come up? This chain represents captivity, doesn't it? It represents hard situations, nothing really good. It's even weird carrying this chain around, and I had it at my house. and just felt weird. Why do I have this chain? Brought it out. My neighbor was across the street, and I was trying to hide it. Should have put it in a bag. <laughs> Who wants to carry this, right? And many of us are carrying this, and we think nobody else can see it. <laughs> but we can. If you were completely free, there would be joy 
So we're going to take a few moments in our, in our own quietness of our seats, and we're going to answer those questions. If you could put those questions back up. And I'm going to leave these little pieces of the chain up here on this table. And if you're going through a hard time, or you need a physical reminder, because I always need physical reminders. I need like plaques around my house, bracelets that say stuff, because I forget how good God is. <laughs> if you need a reminder that Jesus is enough, if you want to take one of these home, put it in your pocket, hold on to it, and realize that Paul was right where he was supposed to be, even though he was in jail. Whatever has happened, whatever is happening, whatever's going to happen, I trust Jesus. Jesus is enough. I wish we were free. I wish we were a congregation free of big things. But there's heavy stuff. Tim's walking through taking care of his beautiful bride who has Alzheimer's. It seems like a heavy chain. But through Jesus, it's possible. Alone, Tim cannot do this. In your situation, you can't do this. Jesus can if you need that little reminder of this little chain, if you want to think about how Paul was able to walk through the valley of the shadow of death and he was like, hey, I'm going to give confidence to other people while I do it. I want you to feel free to take a chain. But you know what? We're going to quietly sit in your, our seats as John sings this song and just take a few minutes to reflect on these verses. And then I'm going to ask anybody who wants you to come up. So let's just close our eyes and let's just settle into Jesus for a minute. Let's ask Jesus what he would say. God, we come before you. We're your people. We're your kids. You're the ultimate father and mother. And Pastor John read in Isaiah how you are like a mother to us. Jesus, we come before you because you already made a way to get rid of our enemy. All those things, all those ugly, awful things. God, you've made a way for them to be taken care of at the cross. And today we don't want to carry our chains anymore. We don't want to blame our past we want to live in today. God, for those of us who are having trouble with just today, God, I pray that we would take these next few moments and just let you wash over us. Show us what you're doing. Show us your way. And those of us that are worried about tomorrow, worried about our future, we are confident that you are faithful to, be, to finish the work that you've started in us. We know your plans for us are good. And God, today we trust you. So let's take a few minutes, church, and just uh, let this song wash over you and listen to what God would say.